0: So we learn a Mishnah in Tainus. The Mishnah says Chamesha The five things that happened to our forefathers on the 17th of Tammus. So five things happened to us on Shvasar Five things happened to us on B'av. The five things that happened to us Anshvasar were the breaking of the Luchos, the Nesbatlatam, the negation of the continual offering, the Tamid the, the offering, Huvka Jerusalem was the, the walls of Jerusalem were breached, it was cracked open, the wall, the Huvka literally means the city was cracked, like, a, like imagine an egg that, that's cracked open. That's, so the fortifications of a city are not very effective if they're only on three sides of the city, right? So, it's city is fortified all the way around. Once you breach it, you crack it. And then, Apostmus, the Greek, the Greek burnt the safer Torah, and... Menashe, the k- King Menashe, stood up an idol in the Hechel, in the in the holy, in the in the inner chambers of the of the, of the temple. Those are the five things that happened on Shvasser The five things that happened on Tushabov were. The spies came back And gave the evil report About the land of Israel Where Hashem decreed That we will not be coming To the land of Israel right. The destruction of the first temple The destruction of the second temple destruction of Beitar If anyone knows anything Beitar was the capital The stronghold of, of, of Bar Kokhba Or Bar Kaziva as he is known uh, which was the final Jewish rebellion against the Romans. Um, and you know, when, that, when that was done, we were done. And, uh, and, uh, and then finally, the plowing up of the Temple mound, the fifth one. Obviously, you can tell these are not in chronological order. So I want to learn, first of all, we're going to learn a little bit of text. I read this on purpose, all the words, so we can learn a little bit of text. We want to talk big, hashkafic ideas. But we also want to want to understand that it's coming from inside the Torah. These are not just ideas that we're throwing around, right? So, again, the Mishnah says five things happened to our fathers, to our forefathers. on shvasar betamus. Five things happened to them. on tishubov. Five things happened. on shvasar betamus. were, and list what they are. Five things happened on uh, the ninth of Av and list what they are. Does anyone have any questions on this Mishnah, okay. using our Talmudic mind? Is there a connection between? Do they correspond to each other? What makes you think, what What makes you think that they would? Why would you think well, they that they correspond? Five. Good. So, uh, question number one: What is it a coincidence? This one's five and that one's five. Is it just a coincidence? They worked out. This one was five and this one was five. It's a good question. Now, obviously, we don't want to build like large edifices on such a question, because sometimes maybe there are coincidences. Now, we can strengthen the question a little bit. Say, uh, in truth, nothing is a coincidence. In, 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 in Hashem's mind, there's a reason why a fly landed over here on the table and not over here on the table, Yeah, and then flew away the next moment. There's a reason for that. But that's a reason that even in the next world, we'll, we, we will not know that's something that is completely beyond us. Why the why for everything um, however so from our perspective that will still stay a insignificant coincidence but when you're talking about such cataclysmically significant events then it is an assumption that we can make that something is going to be happening to the Jewish people such Tremendously important things. That's not going to be a coincidence. Five and five. That's 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 where David is coming from. Okay, Yaakov. So the other one, um, a little but a little peculiar. Some of these things are directly related to the whole. right? Like the breaching of the wall, like plowing the Temple out. But some of them seem to be not thechal related, like breaking of the luchos. Okay. Or spies. Like what is so, that? So that's to a shail. There's a shail. I want to hear Cassius that's a Shiloh, and we'll talk about it. What are these things? Let's try to understand. They anybody have a cash? I have a problem with the Mishnah. It's, it's ba- I wouldn't have written a Mishnah like this. Okay. Why it specifies five and five? Good. Let's speak out the question a little bit more. What should it have done? Just list them. Just list them. What do you need to tell me the numbers for? I know how to count.
1: Right? We know how to count. Just
0: tell me what they are. Perfect. That's a, that's a crucial one. That's the first question I want to hear. We can add to that question another one. is Even if you want to tell me five, there's a tremendous redundancy of it. We say, five things happened on Shavasa Five things happened to If You don't tell me yet what it is. It's like an introductory statement. And then, the five things that happened on Shavasa were, and you list them. The five things that happened on Tishapav were, and you list them. Right? Even if you want to count them, I still don't need that first sentence. You two questions. Question number one is why give me any counting at all? Just tell me what they are. Second question is even if you want to tell me the count, you don't need that whole preamble of five things happen on this one, five things happen on that one, and then you go tell me the five things that happened on this one were this, the five things that happened on that one were this. Okay? It's so a little too hard nosed. Question technical questions, text based questions on the Mishnah that we want to have an answer to. Those are questions that we can demand an answer for from the Tana. In addition to the very clear philosophical question that David was asking that what is it, a coincidence, five and five? It's in such big things that you're not going to have coincidences. Right? Good. Beautiful. Step number one. We're going to apply a Talmudic principle that the Gemara uses all over. Whenever the Mishnah tells us, Haisha, Drochem, a woman is acro- acquired in three ways, or Arba, Avos, nizikin. there are four fathers of damages. And then the Mishnah goes and lists what they are. The Mishnah seems to be telling us a numbering, which we don't need, because it tells us how many we can count ourselves. Says the Gimorrah always, why is the Mishnah wasting our time telling us how many? We can count. And the Gemara answers always that it's coming to exclude any others. You might think, let's say, if, if I told you a woman is acquired three ways, you might think, okay, here you're listing me three ways. If I didn't say three ways, I just listed what they were. You'd like, okay, these here's we're being told through giving her a gift, through a document, through chuppah. But, I don't know, maybe there's another way. Maybe there's another way you could do it. Which... Okay, maybe um, which uh, and and uh, the mission didn't, didn't bother to tell it, yeah. Or there's there's these are the dam we list the damages and there's four of them, but maybe there's another one out there. Yeah? So the Mishnah says no. You know, there's three and three only ways in which a woman is acquired. So it comes to tell you we have an exhaustive list. Exhaustive. That means there's no other items that could potentially make it onto the list. That's what numbering does. Okay? So what we've just done is we're telling you there were five and five only tragedies that happened on the tamus and five and five only that happened on the ninth of Av. Now you say, wait a second, I don't understand. This. I open up the king's and they're full of terrible things. When did the crusades start? When did the spanish expulsion happen? Right? All these terrible, terrible things. I mean, Stalin was was uh, 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 crystal. Uh, uh, all these terrible things happen as a rule on these days. It's very strange for the Mishnah to say it. Now, maybe you'll say, "Okay, no." But back then, when the Mishnah was writing it, those things hadn't happened yet. Okay, so you're telling me that for that entire time, from the Time in the oh, desert when we when know, we when we did our, you know, with the chet eagle or or the, the miracle, all the way until the compilation of the mishnah, right? Only five things happen. It's exhaustive list. Only those five. How does that make sense? were the basis for everything else. Oh, beautiful. So this is exhaustive because it's all inclusive unless there is is nothing else that could be. any other tragedy will by definition fall into one of these five buckets okay these are general although obviously they were events but these events were fundamental events they were they were they, they, they were fundamental and therefore anything else will necessarily simply be a itself, further reflection or further expression of one of those. Makes sense? So they each have their own category, no and a then the Spanish Inquisition and whatnot, they all would fit into one of those. Right. Uh-huh. The prototypes and everything else. Right. Okay. So, so. That's, that's the that, is, that that That's an answer to end, so that's an answer to the numbering question. Why? Why do we need you to number? That's what that's what the Tan is teaching us by numbering it, telling us there's five. Okay, now why we asked? Why give me the preamble? Why give me uh, five things happen on Tishabov and five things happen on Tzav levels? And then you go and you tell, just cut out that first whole sentence. We asked. So by setting them up so like that, we that we're showing you that, that you should know there's a relation between them five things happen here and five things happen there they, they are they are uh, they're they parallel they they are, they, are, they, are, they are there's a real inter interaction between them yeah that's what that initial preamble says it says five things happen here and five more things happen here and that is the whole thing. Now I'll go tell you what they are. The five things that happened on Teshoboth uh, were these. five things happen happened on Teshoboth were those. So the answer to question number two of why the preamble is to show you there is not just five fundamental things here and five fundamental things there, but it's really five and five together. They're working together. Which, by the way, this period that we're in right now is called Bain Hamitzarim. Ben-a-missar means between, between the sufferings. It's not just that there was a bad thing that happened there, and there's a bad thing that happened there. No. It, we're like in a vice. The two of them are working together. We I mean, have to understand what that means. Squeezing us from both directions.
1: Come back to that in a minute.
0: And then, obviously, we've also answered David's philosophical question. Is there a coincidence that there was five and five. And says, no, once we've told you that they are fundamental, there are five fundamental prototypes, archetypes, not a prototype, uh, an archetype. Yeah? And, and, and then we told you that this one and this one are working together. So then, of course, you understand it's not a coincidence that there's five in each one. Now, for the really hard question—the question that Yaakov asked—right now we're going to try to analyze them and ask some hard-nosed questions. Because we all cry about them, we talk, but let's see which one do we really understand the tragedy of it, and which one maybe we don't understand the tragedy of it yet. Because, like we said in the beginning of this year, the really the avold of the day—the the task in front of us—untishable, right? is to as deeply as possible to internalize the loss, to feel the loss. If we don't understand some of these fundamental categories, then we won't be able to cry with all in all five aspects. Okay? So, the questions that I had was seemingly all of the five things that happen on Shvastar Batamus on the 17th of Tammuz, which were, again, to reiterate, the shvir saluchus the breaking of the tablets, the Talmud, the, the cessation of the continual sacrifice, Hufkair, the breaching of the walls of Yerushalayim, the burning of the Torah by apostmos and the setting up of an idol, in the Hegel, inside the temple, by Menashe. So, five of those seem, although bad maybe, but totally reversible. Menashe set up, let's work our way backwards. Menashe set up an an idol inside the temple. Well, you know what happened to it sometime later? (coughs) Menashe's son... Out? Took it out. Broke it. Threw it away. So, yes, it was bad du- you know, during the time, right? But then afterwards, it was reversible. And theoretically, Melash himself could have, very next day after he set it up, could have actually changed his mind, gone in there with an axe, chopped it up into a little piece and thrown it away. Apostles burnt the Sefer Torah. He took a safer Torah, he burnt it. We all have been taught that it's... A Terrible tragedy if a sifrei Torah gets burnt. I'm sure people felt really badly about it. But there are many sifrei Torah, and certainly we are very capable of writing out of, of writing more sifrei Torah. So to no, it seems it seems reversible. It, that's it, that's lacking so it's lacking a finality. It's lacking that and tragedy. Are. they breached the city walls, right? The 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 Romans, the Romans breached the city walls, right? Okay, breaching city walls is a perhaps the most catastrophic part that could happen. You I mean to say the biggest step towards the ultimate loss is when your walls are breached? It's the biggest step, but it's not the final step. If we examine history, it could be that we will find some cases where the walls were breached and then they managed to fight off the attackers and then reinforcements came and and, and whatever happened and, and they actually managed to defend themselves. So although it, you know, it's, it really de- definitely is pretty scary and it's bad news and probably a huge step towards the ultimate destruction, right? But if it's just another step towards the destruction, Okay so but there's no, that it itself is not the tragedy the ultimate destruction is the tragedy this is just another step in that process seemingly Bottle Talmud. the cessation of the continual offering Okay it stopped and and then it could be restarted If you tell me that this, the base of the militia was destroyed so that's it there's no, no way you, you can't bring sacrifice anymore right there's no there's no misbeah. but here for some period of time maybe for a day we couldn't bring the continual Continual offering is brought every day we ceased bringing it for a day bad but you could restart it where is the tragedy where is the terrible terrible tragedy and one could ask although this one you're probably going to be much more equipped with answers for one could ask okay the first set of tablets was broken but guess what there were second tablets so we had the second tablets so where's is, where's is where's the terrible tragedy in all these things they're all lacking in a finality they all seem to be reversible what they're all the first of their kind oh okay so that was the first time Luke was broken. That was the very first time the time it stopped being time. Yes. The very first time your shrine was also broken. The very first time it tore. <clears throat> there were Good. precedents that never happened before. Good. Nonetheless, we still have to understand. We still have to understand why that's so. Why that's so terrible? Because before of so the too. concept of even those things happening never never existed. Oh. Okay. Good. So let, let's hold that. That is exactly where we want to go. We're gonna, we're gonna use a source, right? right. Because uh Is it similar sorry, to, to, to No, no, it's perfect. What? Similar to Am- Amalek? Okay. Well, with attacking us after 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 uh, after what we left Egypt. Mean? That everybody else was afraid like, what? It wasn't the first time that a attacked us. But there there was no, the no. first time us. What do you mean? Like, <coughs> no, he's saying when we were just leaving Israel and all the Rashi says that when a attacked us even though we beat him but it was uh, but uh, basically it, it it made it possible for everybody else to in the future attack now, until that point uh, everybody was 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 afraid right once they attacked us so and then it already became it became something in people's minds you could do such a thing and we, and we didn't we didn't have the revelations in, in Egypt no I think it's a very good example yeah okay so morale says that the tragedies of Shvassar Batamus started the process, and those same five tragedies were fully manifested, were fully expressed, were finalized in the five tragedies of Tishbu. So now we find that peril that we were looking for. Right? We said. Clearly, there's interaction. The mission is teaching us. saying, five things happen here, and five things happen here. It's, it's telling us that they're working together. It says the model, oh, you know how they're working together? It's like two hands. The right hand starts something, and the left hand finishes it off. Right? The five on five. Five fingers on each hand, and paralleling the other five. By the way, I want to draw your attention to an unbelievable observation. Out of these five that happened on Shvatzer Batamus, and out of the five that happened on Tisha each one of those sets of five has a one which started it all, and really is the root to all the, to the other four. Right? If you think about it, the cheta Eagle worshipping the golden calf, which result in the breaking of the luchos. The tablets that made this day the Shvaser V'Tamuz, it it made this day this type of a day, this type of a day that in it you would you would have the Bittulat Tum'ah, the negation of the continual offering, the breaching of the walls of Jerusalem. If they wouldn't have, if the first tablets would not have been broken, it wouldn't have been relevant. All these other things. The first tablets. It would have been a completely different world. I mean, right, It says, it says, Rashi says that the people wouldn't have wouldn't have died. The the ones that received the they received the first tablets, right? So, all of the following four are expressions of the one. Just like in the hand, the one thumb opposes the four fingers. I mean, if I pick something up, if the thumb. On one side and all four fingers on the other. Right? It's it's The four fingers are to a certain extent the expression of the thumb. They're, they're, each one is equal. This is the root and, and all four of them is the expression. You have this one. The the Ego with the shvirus Soluchus is the source and the other four are the expression of it. And by the way, Maral in many places at the beginning of Ner Mitzvah says... If you take an abstract point and you drop it into a two-dimensional world, it splashes out, if you, if you want to imagine it, into four directions. means something in two dimensions has four directions, right? East, west, north, south. So when something comes and it gets expressed out into the world, it gets expressed as four. When a one comes in, it gets expressed as four. So the one... Gets expressed as four. Okay, so the one tragedy is being expressed as four, and so too on the on the ninth of Av, you have the tragedy of the Maraglim the, and, and the decree that the Jewish people are not going to get to come into the land of Israel, and the four expressions of that as being the destruction of the first temple, destruction of the second temple, destruction of Betar, and the plowing of the Temple Mount. So but, but the, 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 that is the vice that we're, sta- uh, that we're stuck in between. The vice is that it started on Shvasser and it finishes on the ninth of Av. It, it, the ninth of Av is the completion of this. That's why the Shvasser B'Tamuz doesn't it lacks the finality because and they were lacking finality. Agreed. What they were was, it was, it was the beginning, like Dan said. Yeah. It was a beginning to all these things. It opened up the possibility. And it was finalized on, on, on the 9th of Av, which we're approaching now. Now, I want to discuss why is it that it has to be this way, that there's this first thing and then second thing. The loss of the five on Shavasana and the loss of the five on Maybe, why couldn't it just be, you know, just Where go straight into the bishop of it, that's it, or, or, or whatever. What is this concept? So, of course, we already spoke out that the first five were abstract. They were really, on a physical level, they were they were not that significant. But conceptually... They were revolutionary. And th- so th- that's, in, that's, ab- that's in the abstraction. That's in the intellect. That's in the spiritual realms. And the ninth of Av, if you look at all of them, they're all very physical, very final, concrete. Right? You're not going to get to come to the land of Israel anymore destruction of the first temple destruction of the second temple destruction of beitar which we said was the last really foothold of the land of Israel and maybe, no, and maybe I mean, that rebellion to a certain extent was more hopeful Reb ador all, all thought that Bar Kokhba Bar Kaziva was Mashiach and he could have been Mashiach if, if, if not for Avonos for sins Right, he he could have been a Shia. and that was lost. That was completely destroyed. And the plowing up of the Temple Mount—that's it. Forget it. There's nothing here. Go home. Right? It's all finalization. So what is this about? Moshe appears achatadik of Racha. So he explained that in the divine name of Hashem, your four letters: Yud, Hey, and then above and another hey. So the Yud, that we all know, it's a letter that represents abstract thought, very, very high up thought. How so? Well, Rashi in, in Parsha's Az Yashir says, What does it mean, Az Yashir? That Moshe thought to, to Yashir's future tense. The Yud. Makes the future tense. You put a yud in front of the right, word, right, makes right, it makes the future right, tense. Az Yashir is talking about all of Haboi. It's talking about something abstract, something that doesn't have physical manifestation to it. Right. That's what the letter yud represents. Yeah. Vov always represents adding something. V. I say, get me a sandwich, V. French fries, right? So, and. And means an addition. There's going to be some sort of an addition. The hay, we have to understand why is the hay repeated twice? Why is the hay, which is numerical value 5, repeated 5, five and 5 in the, in the, in the divine name? hey and hey? So the Rashi says, and uh, uh, Maral always quotes this, uh, sorry, not uh, Rashi, the Torah. The Torah says, Yosef Atsadik says to the Egyptians, hey lochem zara behold here's here's for you seed to take to to eat to, to plow with, to, to uh, when, he, when he brings out from the storage houses the seed, the grain he says hey lochem zara so hey is an expression of something it's bringing something out from a concealed state to a revealed state that's what hey is that's what the letter hey is if you think about it the letter hey how you pronounce the letter hey? It's a trick question for Russians. Because Russians tend to pronounce a hey like a ches. Hey. Right? That's because in Russian language you don't have a hey. You have a ches. But uh, in Hebrew the letter hey is just, you just breathe out. Okay? That's hey. Expressing. Bringing out. Nothing else. Just expression. Okay? letter hey... Is expressing the letter yud. The yud represents abstract. How you ex- how you express abstract? Talk about it in a second. And the letter vav, which is an addition to the abstract, is expressed again through the second letter hey. So what is being expressed over here? So the midrash, the midrash uh, I apologize, says. V'yei right. Hashem right. formed man With a double yud Why is it used two yuds V'yei formed the two yuds Hashem made two worlds like it's zev, it's Hashem made two worlds Yeah And we know the passage says Ki Hashem That with the divine nah, nah, name yud sure And hey no. Hashem formed worlds no. Plural Two worlds so the Yerushalmi says, "What are these two worlds? These are with the Yud, Hashem formed Olam Haba and with the Hey, Hashem formed Olam Hazeh." Okay. So the point is, the Yud is a letter that has to do with Olam Haba and the, and then the He expresses that. It means it's revealed. How is Olam revealed? Over here, conceptually, it's revealed. We 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 have a revelation of divinity in an abstract sense and then the Vav has to do with Olom hazeh, and the second he expresses that in a concrete in a physical way now you'll ask why is Olom hazeh considered an addition to Olom Habo? Vav we said is always addition always adding so of course you'll ask Mr. Goichman who's been learning the Der HaShem and he'll tell you right away because really all we need is Olom Habo. All Hashem wanted to do is just to give us Olam Abol. We should be close to Him and enjoy. And, right, and, and benefit from Him. But in order that it should be better, He enhanced it. He added an extra feature called Olam Hazer. A place where we're going to work, exert, reach our completion. And through that, have ultimately a greater Olam Haba. So the primary thing is the yud. The Vav adds an extra feature to Olam Habo. It makes it better. Olam Haze makes Olam Habo better. It's an extra feature. So, those are the two Hayes. So, the point is what we want is the, a reach, the first Hay in Hashem's name has to do with the, with the abstract, and the second Hay in Hashem's name has to do with the concrete. With express, expressing the abstract and expressing the concrete. Manifesting, so to speak, Olam Habo and manifesting so to speak all of and both of those were lost both of those Hays those five tragedies that befell us those were connected to the first hay those, those correspond to the first hay the hay of the expression of the abstract manifestation of Hashem was lost that, that on, down? He, he, he so and on the on the other side, the second uh, on the ninth of Av, the second hey was lost. The manifestation of Hashem in the physical world was lost. So, what are what are these? What are these losses that we suffered? Now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. So we understand conceptually that we, we understand the structure. Now we're going to understand the details, right? But the five that we lost on Shvaser Betamus corresponded to the first Hay of Hashem's name, which means we lost the abstract perception of Hashem. In our lives. And the like, next hey, we lost the physical manifestation of Hashem's lives. Very easy, on a simple level to say. If we had the first luchos, even though I never, I would never see them, they would be in Yerushalayim. But I know that we have those same luchos, that we, from our scene, we had. Right? The whole world would be different. The whole, the whole reality would look different. Right? Not that I'm cur- currently—I wouldn't even see them necessarily. I don't know where they are, but but, but they've been broken. They're not here. The the, the 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 talmud once that was once that was negated. So conceptually, the world is no longer tethered. To serving Hashem, Korban Tumid means that there must always be a Vodas Hashem. There must always be service to Hashem every morning and every afternoon, they Shabbos doesn't mean vacation days, right? Tuesday. Vacation days, right? Tuesday. Always in the morning, serving Hashem, in the afternoon, serving Hashem. The world is chained, tethered, connected, inseparable from serving Hashem. Now, once it can stop for one day, no, means that not people. necessarily, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be. And so on. We'll go, we'll go through the examples. Right? So, this is all loss of the intellectual recognition that Hashem is the king in our world. And Tisha Bob obviously goes without saying what happened. You used to have a temple, and now it's gone. You used to have a temple mound, and, and now it's been plowed over. I mean, physically, we've lost it. We've lost those physical, concrete things. We lost air to soil. It's the lost intellectual knowledge of those things, or the experiential interaction with the divine. Spiritual, yeah, it's, it's much more than just just intellectual. Spiritually, everything would be different. Even on the physical level, maybe on that, you know, as far as that's concerned, a video camera wouldn't pick up on it, but the headspace that, that we would all be in would be completely different. Yeah. Okay? So that's why that corresponds to the loss of the first hand of Hashem's name. And Tishabov corresponds to the loss of the second hand. Okay. So now what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to understand how these five and five actually match up. Right? So the first one is a gimme. That's, that's, a, that's just too easy. Right. first one is too easy. Hashem, the first tragedy that befell us was breaking the Lux. worshipping the golden calf the result breaking the luchus on Tisha B'Av the moragulum came back with the evil report about the land, it was decreed upon us that we're not coming back into the land Rashi says that at the time of the eagle already it, Hashem already thought about the concept of that that was <laughs> making a decree on us that we're not going to get that, that we're not going to get uh, the, the entire generation is going to die in the desert. But he didn't actualize on it until when? Until until the, the sin of the spies, which is exactly what we're saying. The thought part of it happened on Batamus with the sin of the golden calf Hashem already determined that this generation was going to die but it didn't yet happen it wasn't yet finalized Hashem waited until they would do that final bad thing to actualize on Hashem said he wanted to annihilate the nation right and, 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 and although so once Hashem has said that so to speak right then already, that's it. Re, I mean, even though he Moshe Rabbeinu managed to quote-unquote talk about it, but you don't talk Hashem out of anything, right? There was a reality that happened. It was a spiritual reality, but it happened. And now it was a matter of Hashem waiting and seeing is it going to come out to fruition. And the answer was yes, it, it did, ultimately. And that was with the head eagle. Rashi even is medayk from the pasuk. The pasuk says. To sow as avonoseichem, now you will bear your sins, plural, talking about uh, the sin of the miraculous, with with the spy. Why sins, plural, as Rashi? Because we're being punished here, not just for the sin of the miraculous, we're being punished for the golden calf. Now what's the relation between the two punishments? We lost the first tablets, we lost them, they're broken, we don't have them anymore. Was there potentially a pathway to get back to them? I says yes. You know to what? To land of Israel. How specifically? Chazal tell us if we would have gone to the land of Israel under Moshe Rabbeinu. We would have never lost. We would have never. We would have never lost the land. All these things wouldn't have happened. Moshe Rabbeinu would not have died in in, in the desert. Moshe Rabbeinu he never lost the first tablets. Say, uh, Rashi says that when we were at Harsinai, each Jewish person received two crowns, one for Nasa, one for Nishma. One for we will do, one, we will, one we will, is we will hear. We will understand. And when we sinned with a golden calf, so we lost all those crowns. Hazal say, the Moshe to picked them all up, and put him in his tent. Hit them away. He's got all of them. So Maral explains obviously what, what's Moshe Rabbeinu going to do with, with uh, two pairs of 600,000 crowns? My answer is, means that potentiality for greatness that we lost, it stayed latent with Moshe Rabbeinu. It wasn't lost entirely. You, you lose it, has gone, it's gone. But no, it's in Moshe Rabbeinu's tent. It still could have been gotten back from Moshe Rabbeinu. But it took going into Eretz Yisrael, building the base of English under Moshe Rabbeinu, and then climbing our way back up. So once the decree happened, Moshe Rabbeinu is not going into Eretz You're all not going into Eretz Yisrael. And although their children went in, but already there was a break. It was not the same people that left Egypt. Leaving Egypt was to get the Torah and go to Eretz let my people go, so they can, so I can bring them to stroll. That was the plan. Once that, once that was broken, then going into stroll was a very nice thing, but it, but it was not indefinite. It was it was something that could be lost. So that's the parallel between between those two. Actually, we have five minutes. It's uh, a moment of choice. Do we work one more and leave the next ones for next year, or do we lose through the next four at the risk that you may not understand? let's go. Do we have enough? Are you? Is there going to be enough time for a summary and take away and yes, takeaway and just watching this again? <laughs> <laughs> The, the Hashkafa we, we spoke about the, I'm the saying like, like ta- the takeaway is the, the beginning the, part the, the takeaway is the bec- exactly, yeah, okay. exactly I mean the takeaway is the more right now we're understanding the loss. yeah and Tisha the, 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 the voter is going to be to feel that to feel that only if you understand it can you feel it if you don't understand it you can't feel it okay. you know I, I, I'm going to take a minute to say something right now I was in a city once, where um, I happened to be in a, in a place where a, a kosh rabbi was speaking to the congregants, and he said to them, he's talking about what they should be doing on Tisha he said to them, listen, I mean, nobody cries anymore in Tisha When's the last time you saw anybody cry in Tisha B'Av? And that statement made me want to cry because to get to, to, to get to the shore. there are people that cry. To, to, to make such a public, that's what we fall fallen to. The, the, first of all, I know I know plenty of people that, that sob the whole, the whole day through on Tisha and to tell ourselves that that's it we're exempt from from crying on Tisha I'm not saying that that Rav meant that he was exempting anybody but apparently he and his congregants are are not able to do that anymore that was a real heartbreak for me to hear such a thing but yes, if we understand correctly what we lost we will sob our way through Tisha B'Av.
1: That's the takeaway.
0: Right now we're working on understanding. It's so gishmak the understanding. You can't do that in Tishabov. right So we understand before Tisha B'av and then Tisha B'Av we, we, we feel it. So, the To understand the second and the third, we have to understand the diff- the, the, the second one being the Bittu of Talmud, which corresponds to the destruction of the first temple, the third being hufka the breaching of the walls of Yerushalayim, which corresponds to the second destruction of the second temple. To understand this, first we have to understand the difference between the first temple and the second temple. What is the difference between those two temples? The Shekinah was in the first temple. Very good. What? What there were I ten ongoing... I'm very good. Sure. Mishnah in there were ten ongoing miracles in the first temple, which was not the case with the second temple. Obviously, those two are related. With the presence of the Hashinah, there were ten ongoing miracles. Yeah. Whereas the second temple didn't have any of that. In fact, the second temple did not have the Arna Kodesh inside. Right? So, the second temple... So, what was it? Was it like a sham? Was it Was a fake? answer is the second temple unified the Jewish people and I don't mean it in in, in a way of you know just in a hollow way it unified the Jewish people in serving Hashem now the service itself was broken it was not the service that used to be in the first temple But but it unified the Jewish people meaning there's a temple for service temple itself is that the entire Jewish people have one place where they worship. The worship we were doing, the accomplishment of what used to be accomplished in the first temple, of that tremendous closeness, that wasn't happening. But the unity was happening. And the unity is no small thing. It's a huge thing. It's an enormous thing. We've spoken about before, I think, the the concept that before we can say, before we can, each one of us, acknowledge that we're about to do in Maru, the oneness of but Hashem we first say have to say Shema Yisrael. Is, is Listen Israel. Listen Israel. We can only accept the oneness of Hashem when we are one. And that's what the, the second temple, temple did first. That's why obviously the first temple was destroyed because of the three cardinal sins as great as it was the tremendous closeness so what it took was to destroy, the terrible avarice the three cardinal sins to destroy it the second temple had one important characteristic to it and it was a very important characteristic it gave unity to the Jewish people so the only thing you weren't allowed to do was seen as khinam hatred tearing the Jewish people apart that's what destroyed the second temple. The second temple was an item of unification. So the Jewish people were no longer unified. So it wasn't, so it wasn't relevant to have a temple anymore. And I think the first temple was? The actual service itself. I mean, temple, uh, you have a temple to serve. In the first temple, the service was being accomplished. Actually, the unity was not as great. Because if you'll notice, in the first temple, we had two kingdoms. We had the southern kingdom of Yehuda and we had the northern kingdom of Israel. So the unity was more shaky in the second temple that's all you had was the unity so with the loss of that you lost the temple so therefore now we can understand Anish Vassar Betamus was in his bottle of Atumet the ongoing sacrifice was negated that's the sacrifice that's the actual service itself that was the beginning if, if, if you can for one day imagine that there's not going to be service so then already I could imagine there's not being a first temple The first temple, which was an which was the embodiment of service, that's what was happening there. Was the divine service, the presence of the Shekhina. So once you could have a negation of the Talmud, then you could then then you then then the finalization of the destruction of the first temple. Whereas the breaching of the walls of Jerusalem, the the huvkair, the breaching of the walls was the walls of Jerusalem make the city one. We're learning Arabic in the colo. When you have a wall surrounding a city, no matter how big it is, and the gates are closed at night, it's one, it's a rushusha yachid. It becomes one. It becomes unified. when you breach the walls, you break through the walls, it becomes a rushus harab. You lose all unity. So the conceptual loss that happened with the breaching of the walls where Jerusalem went from a yachid, from a unified place to a dispersed, broken paved the way for the destruction of the second temple which was a force unifying the Jewish people just being many, many individuals. By the way, from Moshe Purim, Zeke Tzadik Levracha had an incredible insight. The halacha is that in Eretz, a rishus hayachid, a domain of an individual, is all adleriky. It goes up all the way to the heavens. No matter how high you go, if you're above it, you still in rishus hayachid. A rishus harabim, a domain of the of the of the many, only goes up until tenth fachim. Tenth fachim is a place the shkina never went below tenth fachim. Means it's the, the says means it's separate from Hashem all the Adler Ekiah, Rishush goes all the way up to the heavens, connects to Hashem. So that unity that we had as Rishush HaYachid allowed us a closeness to Hashem, a certain closeness to Hashem. Once that was broken and breached and splintered and became a Rishus Arabim, it broke that connection to Hashem that we had. So that's, that's the Hufka here. So we didn't manage to get through all five. We didn't manage to blitz through number two and three. Uh, maybe Shannon's uh, help will will manage to do the the other two.